podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Brand new season, brand new dawn for Formula One. It's the Bahrain Grand Prix. And it's lights out and away we go. We are the green, green, green. This for my kids. I'm your host, Anik, and we're here to review the British Grand Prix. The Papaya Boys are back. That was a talk of the town when it came to this Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, sixth win in a row. Lewis Hamilton, 14th podium. So much to talk about this week. And I am pleased to say I'm joined by Lawrence, Chris and Kwame. Let me come to you first, Kwame. How are you doing, brother? Hey, I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. I, I, I just came back for, for, for you know, Mayfair from Nobu. No, I was eating good. Oh, eating good? Yeah? Yeah, man. I was eating good, man. Yeah. The, 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 the NDB pack has got me... Ah, uh, it's got me splashing my money, man. Honestly, man. It's got me enjoying myself. Oh, I, I'm in a good mood. Okay. okay. It's making hey. sense now. Nick DeVries, yeah? Okay. Okay. I, I okay. hate to be him in it, but the game's a game, man. The original yeah. Dutch World Championship driver, man. Hate to be him. Hey, I'd hate to be the guy. That said that he was going to beat Yuki Tsunoda this year as well. <laughs> Hate to be him. Um, Chris, how's it going, man? You know, all good over here, out here listening to Schwartzy. So I'm good, I'm good. Enjoying life. That's good, man. That's good, that's good. We'll, we'll talk a little about, bit about George Russell as well. Don't worry about that. Last but not least, Lawrence. The man who was there himself. Apparently... Silverstone this weekend was a record. 520,000 fans across the weekend, I think. No, sorry, not 480,000 fans. I apologise. But yeah, um, how was it, bro? Honestly, you don't get any better than that. Um, on Ted's notebook, saw Lewis in the flesh, literally a meal away, saw George as well. Um, and obviously the first lap, you would have heard it that there isn't going to be anything like that again. Um, yeah, just super special weekend. Where, where were you sat on race day? Um, so we have sat just as they come out of Luffield. Um, so in woodcuts are basically it's not really a, it's not really a bend to them. Um, but basically, if you saw where George took Charles, um, literally as they come out that corner, we were right there, so we could see literally down the Wellington Strait. 
and then whole the way through that complex up to uh, cops. So you saw for about forty seconds. It's crazy that because you can literally follow right from the start of the lap up until like Woodcote, Luffield, exactly what Lewis and Max yeah. done. And no yeah. matter what dirty air there is or whatever, it's just amazing that those sequence of corners that you can still follow and and obviously make overtakes. Um, you were where else were you then? You were. Um, so on, on quality day, we went down basically to the last corner. So literally as they come onto the main straight, um, which that was incredible, obviously, to see when Lando came over the line, he went P1. Everyone went crazy. Um, people. So you were bridges. there. You were literally there. Yeah, we were on, literally, on the literally there. Yeah. We're, and we're basically we were looking at the podium because we couldn't get there on race day. Um, but that was the best place to be on, on quality day because... You know, you you could see as as they come across the line, um, you could see all the pit pit lane, um, and that that corner is like a little bowl as well because you've got club corner, which is kind of it bends around um, mm-hmm. the stands, and that that yeah, the atmosphere is ridiculous. Then on the Friday, because um, we were there all weekend, um, we went all around the place. So we went Beckett's first, which obviously mm-hmm. if that's the best place to see an F one car at working. Um, at its hardest, and then we were down in Cops uh, in the afternoon um, to see like the F2, F3 qualifying, etc. Um, but everywhere you went, it was f- packed out. Every single session was was fully packed out. So I'm not surprised it was 480,000, but we were definitely the loudest two people after about 480,000. That's brilliant stuff. It's it's funny you mentioned maggot um, maggots and Beckett's because I think you called it on Friday. And we're going to talk about them in a minute. The McLaren was really grippy alongside the Red Bull. Um, yeah, what did you see from the McLaren and Red Bull? I mean, straight, straight away, straight, straight away. Obviously, Red Bulls come out. Max literally comes out, doesn't even waste any time. He's a, he's a, he's not even. He gets one sight of lap, and then he's he's on it. Um, it's just so planted. It's 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 almost. You can't. I mean, I know I know some of some of the guys like Chris went to Bahrain. Which is a different nature of the track in terms of you've got high speed, then you've got stop start at um hairpin at the beginning, but the way it just flows through, and also the bot you can see the, the body roll, and literally the, the rebel just doesn't move, it's just dead flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and the speed it can carry through is ridiculous. But the McLaren is probably even more impressive because it is moving. It was the, the rear's moving as as they're, they're going through the second part, so when they go Beckett's and Chapel, um, and that was probably the most impressive more so than Red Bull, because Red Bull, you obviously, you know it's going to be um, mm. spectacular. Yeah. But the, the McLaren instantly, within 20 minutes, you know it's going to be up there. Um, if I compare it to like the Ferrari, for example, I mean, that was all over the place in in the, in the high speed. Um, you can see like, so you go into the first part of that that complex, um, you just downshift once, right? And you, obviously, the sound is is amazing. But soon as they downshift the Ferraris, the rear's going. You can see it and it, there's no confidence in there. Um, it's hard to really put into words exactly how you see it. The TV cameras don't capture it as well, just subtle differences between each car. Um, it's definitely the best place to be to really wow. see just the fine, fine details between each car. So did you know then from Friday that McLaren were going to be up there or do you just think it was just a Friday yeah, I mean, flash in the pan sort of thing? But I think the long run pace, we, we, you couldn't really tell because they didn't really get much out of it. Um, but you could tell because when they obviously got they got into the quality sims, McLaren 
do particularly well but in the high speed you can see and obviously given the nature of silverstone you can see straight away so i think we we were confident quite quickly that mercedes long run pace were really good um red bulls long run pace actually wasn't that great in in, in practice and it looked like you had mercedes mclaren um and red bull but you knew obviously max was kind of he's, he's keeping a couple of attempts in the chamber um the Ferraris and the Astons looked bad from the get-go. Um, they didn't look, there was nothing, they didn't even look impressive. Like you you expect F1 cars to, no matter who, even if it's like the Alfa Romeos or something to look impressive, but they didn't at all. It was like, whoa, it was, okay, they can't pass. Lonzo told us, he, he was, Lonzo told us two weeks ago that he'll be, that he'll be on the podium. <laughs> Yeah, right, let's let, let, we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll, we'll squeeze come, him we'll into the loser him, section. Yeah. Come on to him, um, Kwame. You know we cannot ignore the performance of McLaren this weekend, man. Look, they ended up P2, P3 in qualifying, finished up P2, P3 in no P2, P4 in the race. What is going on there? They bought upgrades last race. Norris was around 0.8 of a second, a lap quicker than Piastri. Piastri gets that on his car now, and they're cooking. What's happening there? Point Lewis Hamilton, they did they go they go a rocket ship. That's awesome. Um, I think that sums it up. You know, um, they seem to. So their main issue before was their um, was their low speeds. Essentially, um, that was one big issue they had. Um, that is me sorted out. Um, again, they, they've had a car that's been very good. It has been calling Rich Suit Silverstone, as you saw with in Austria as well. But yeah, this upgrade they've got is just in, 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 insane. And um, I know you're a big man of side pods, Anik, as well. Um, you're, you're a big fan of side pods, but they've got the upgrade is more <laughs> in, in line with the Red Bull side pod as well. Which, hey, listen, I, I'm not an engineer, so I'm not going to pretend like I know you know what's happening, but there's been small intricate you know, details that they've to the car, you know, new farming as well. All the stuff they've added to their car, that's just, yeah, they've they've gone up and beyond, you know. The floor changed as well. Listen, they've done what they need to do in it to get to, you know, the position. And, um, yeah, they've, yeah, that, yeah. I was surprised with them. I was surprised with them. Because my main thing with them was, we saw the pace in Austria, um, but my main thing was, we've seen them in the past cook before in high, in high speed circuits, in high corner circuits. I want to see what they do in Hungary in a track where corners are much more slower, a lot more braking. But they, they have that race pace, especially when they took the risk of Atlanta going to the hards. And you've got um, uh, Herman Marco came out saying that um, within five laps, that um, Lando's going to catch up with Max. Mm-hmm. If they continue another five laps. So stuff like that is scary in the fact that, you know, Lando just goes to Lewis. I'm speechless to be fair with you because I, I didn't see this happening with this upgrade. I thought cool that upgrades may do one or two positions, cool, cool. They'll be a bit more close to RP and whatever, but they're actually up there competing with the, with the big boys. It's, it's, it's insane. Chris, you reckon he's here to last? Um, I think it'll vary from track to track. We'll see next time out in Hungary what it really is, but I know in their drivers, they've got the second best driver lineup on the grid. I'm saying it now. That in their drivers, mm-hmm. they've got two guys who can compete and who are cooking. Like Oscar didn't even have the whole upgrade. He only had the side pods, they had the front wing. So 
and imagine being the Ivan front wing and only being a tenth behind. So you know that these men are serious drivers and they're going to maximize the opportunities that they have. And that um, McLaren went out there and fired the people that needed to be fired, put a new system in, and they started cooking. So it's like a thing of it's progress. It doesn't mean they're going to be world champions or anything. It just means they've made good progress and they've taken the step that Aston Martin took over the winter. They've taken it now and it all looks good because, you know, this is what happens when you hire serious drivers, you get rid of, you know, the fraudulent ones and you, you know, get rid of the people holding you back and get serious people in. Like it's about being proactive. They've been proactive. They've had to wait, but now it's all coming together and they've had a They've had their moment in the sun, at least. I think um, it's funny you should mention progress there because, like, let's be honest, yeah, Mercedes have just taken baby steps. The whole time they've taken... The biggest step they've taken, yeah, was getting that race win last year on the back of a Red Bull, you know, messing up their setup. That was that was the biggest step they've taken. And you know what? That ended up being a step backwards. McLaren have actually made strides yeah if you look at where their car was at the start of the year i know uh professor mahad would attest to this as well they started off with a 2022 car in 2023 okay and look at the upgrades and changes they have brought to that car and they are genuinely quick in my view that right now they're genuinely quick and they're not on par with red bull but they're very close i think they're closer than any other team has been this year to red bull I think within a race, yes, but I also think that this is circuit specific. We have a, we need to wait for Hungary first. Yeah, and also because right now, let's say they're in the battle with Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, like where it changes race by race, and it's going to be a bit more of like driver skill and execution rather than necessarily the car itself. But there was. Okay, I, I, I can see where you're coming from, but I saw little things across the weekend that made me think, actually, you know what? There could be something there. Their drivers qualified P2 and P3. Norris was leading his home Grand Prix. He took it to Max on the first lap. Piastri took it to Max. Both cars literally took it to Red Bull on the first lap. And then even little things like Lando being able, on hard tyres, fair enough, they were newer, to hold off Lewis on softs and still be quick towards the end I'm just thinking, you know what? Maybe this car is, you know, hooked up and look, remains to be seen. Um, but then that begs the question, like, you know, as much as McLaren are doing so well, Mercedes have told us about this B-spec car. You know, they were doing well at the start of the season. They're just giving all of this. It's not good enough. It's just a whole load of bleep. In my view, that's what they're giving. And, to see the customer teams doing better than you, like Alpine, were, uh, not Alpine, Aston Martin, the start of the season, and now McLaren. I mean, <laughs> Lawrence, how do you reckon that makes Lewis feel at times? I think, I think you saw. I mean, on his on his cool down lap after the race, first thing he came out and said was, "McLaren's a rocket ship." He's, he's not, and that's intentional as well. And he come out obviously in, in the press as well, explaining, um, even in the cool down room pointing out and he, he's doing it deliberately as well he's trying to point the message and he and i think he said something again about you know he knows what what's needed 
on that car. He pointed out the fact that it looks like a Red Bull. As in McLaren looks like a Red Bull now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's <laughs> he's basically be- begging them to follow the same suit because, you know, as you said, it's, it, th- those two teams haven't got different engines, same engine. Yet, how it's almost I think a bit of a kick in the teeth that that obviously Silverstone is is generally been a, a Mercedes track for the last ten years. That's Lewis's backyard as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's more frustrated than he's letting on. The fact that, I mean, not being able to, to pass Lando on softs with him on hards. And if softs that actually were like, they were barely used. He sat behind a safety car for five laps. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty embarrassing. Like to not hang on, stick, hang on his, on Lando's tail through the high speed corners. Um, and even down the straights, he didn't have the grunt either to get, to get, Alongside, um, have, have you checked the data as well? Apparently, Lando's car in a straight line wasn't even that quick. No, so no, no, no. I, I think no. he was the slowest on average. So, even then, and that's, like... and that's the thing you can see that they're still quite draggy, but obviously, that helps in, in the high speed corners. Um, I think for, for I don't know what Morlos is, is, is hoping to do. He's every, every time he speaks, he's coming on saying he knows what's needed. We need to have uncomfortable conversations, he said, um, as well after the race. And I'm not sure how much longer, like I say, 18 months now of not listening. Um, And we're getting to the stage where, obviously, last year, for example, Mercedes turned it around at the very end. But now you've got three teams who can track them fairly easily, track to track. Um, I think Hungary, they'll do a lot better, though, to be fair, because Mercedes in, in the lows three corners, which is where we were sat, were the best car on, on the grid by far. Um, they were quicker than even the Red Bulls there because when Perez got up to the back of the Ferraris and stuff, he was a bit all over the place there. So th- Hungary, I think they'll do actually pretty well. I think they'll be stronger than than McLaren's because um, Lando was saying every time he was in the low speed corners, he's going to crash. Um, so I'm, I don't think that McLaren's actually that great on the brakes. Um so I think, as Chris said, if 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 you get to Hungary, and they're at least up there, a couple of attempts off of Max, for example, then you've got to say that that's they're there to stick it out because they've mm-hmm. got then there's th- there's three different tracks that all have different characteristics, but we're going to tracks like that for quick. the rest of the season, Sorry. and they're there. I think this this is let's quickly touch on George before we come on to Lewis's performance uh, in the race. Um, Lawrence, did he get the loudest cheer? George. No. Yeah, George. No. <laughs> no, he got, was, he got the... He, 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 bro, even, even Albon got more cheers. Even Albon got, got, got more cheers, especially at the end of the race. George. He ain't got George. the grandstands like that, no? No. 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 Um, it's, only, it's only weirdos like me who like George. <laughs> right? It's only weirdos like me that like George. And, you know, to the point where I was speaking to someone the other day and then I said that I like George, and they went George. Like I was scaring the lady folk. <laughs> I was scaring George? the lady folk by uh... name. So yeah, this is like he's not he's not got the streets. He's got no one. He's got the sickos like me. So George qualified. Was it fifth or sixth? I think he qualified sixth, right? Sixth, sixth, sixth. He qualified sixth. He started on the soft tires. Obviously, me. I kept one eye on the battle with Leclerc and George. Um, what did you make of that, Chris, at the start? Um, he got past science, which was important, and then he stuck on Leclerc, and then obviously it was a 
it was hard racing. Leclerc was a bit over the line, but nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing where I'm like, I'm shouting at my screen going, this is pure terrorism. Mm-hmm. But it, it's, um, and then he stuck with Leclerc and he looked after his tyres well, went nearly 30 laps on those soft tyres, which is like, and no that's... one expected that. Yeah. Now, do you reckon that's just down to the tyre or do you reckon that's down to George? Because to make those tyres stretch, he made the Ferrari that was ahead of him pit early, really. Well, I don't know if he forced him into that, but, you know, it just it just makes yeah. you wonder. So it was it's a mix of both because obviously the tyres did last and like some other people did make their soft tyres last a long period of time. That that person is now unemployed, but we'll, we'll move on to we'll talk about that later. Um, but it's the thing of he looked after his tyres well. He had good pace. It wasn't until he started the pace started falling off a little bit that he went into the stop. So he managed the tyres well. The temperature and everything worked in his favour, which is a different problem in itself with Pirelli because there's no way he should be doing fake laps on on those tyres. And it's a case of. You know, he downloaded the tire management pack where you drive at a good pace and you keep your tires together because that's one of those things that, let's say, last year in comparison to this year, where I said last year, I said whenever I watch him and Lewis like race, I say Lewis always looks after his tires way better than George. And mm-hmm. this year, he's looked to improve that and he's shown that he's improved that. So I'm not mad. It was a good stint on the softs. I think we'll touch on Ferrari later, but what I honestly think happened in that little period was I think Ferrari thought that George was going to go from the softs to the hards. So they thought, you know what? Let's undercut him. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make sure we pit early, get on the hards, get a little bit of a buffer there. So the bottom of George just extended it and he was, he was fine come the end of it because then he switched to mediums. Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll my thing, my thing, my thing with that anecdote is that as we got into the race, we later saw that the soft medium was a better strategy because we realized that the softs were long last last longer. Exactly. Than so, but the thing is, the mediums were lasting longer. Yeah, no, but every time lasted longer, and I think it was every time Ferrari pitted because they what they expected, and they thought that George was going to pit, and then. But the problem was that Leclerc couldn't switch on his tyres quick enough to make to force Mercedes into pitting. So it's like the pace wasn't fast quick enough. But you were like, it's worth it. So everyone's tyres was holding up. Leclerc was slowly building up speed. Then he's stuck in traffic. So he's like, yeah, we're good. We're fine. Tyres are fine. Let's keep on going. But they were just too slow. They were just, they were just too just slow. slow. So yeah. Even, you know, they... They they definitely tried to predict George going from soft to hards, but that's what I thought. Yeah. It, it didn't really matter what they did. They were too slow. Like the fact that they, you know, there was there should have been a point where, obviously, I can't remember if Charles was on mediums or hards at that at that time at the start of the race. But there must have been a point after maybe fifteen to twenty laps where he should have started to really get a gap from from George and literally didn't go anywhere. Um, yeah, I think they were screwed no matter what. It didn't really matter. Um, they could qualify and I think hid a lot of actually how slow they were. So um, I'm crazy. Prepared. I'm glad. I'm glad because I told everyone last week that Ferrari were going to throw up a stinker at Silverstone. I told everyone, I said, high speed corners were stinking out the joint. And look what happens. P2 
P9, P10. Laughing stock. Terrible. I told everyone, I'm not wrong on the pod when I say these things. I know my team. Like I've, I've watched these guys. I've been listening to all the sound quotes. I'm on Google Translate, tra- translating the Italian, bruv. Are you on to, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you on to, uh, what do they call it? Um, mozzarella Twitter now. Mozzarella Twitter, <laughs> yeah. We were going to talk about Ferrari later, but we might as well just talk about him now. Um, Charles started P4, he ended up P10, so loss of six places. Chris, how much of that is down to him? Okay, no, he so, ended up P9. Sorry, P9, P9. Yeah. So the race, none of that is down to him, contrary to um, thoughts of Nam, who likes to blame and him Nam for alone. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Nam and Nam alone. I was there going, I was like, brother, you're just watching the, the timesheets and just your agenda spreadsheet just on the side going, yeah, I can cook. But no, no, no. In the race, he did nothing wrong. Like, it's a case of the Ferrari wasn't fast. And he couldn't really make the moves because they're not fast in the fast speed corners. And um, the strategy was conservative and didn't read, they didn't read the room. Like Literally. the conditions were a lot cooler. Tires were going to last a bit longer. They just didn't read the room and messed it up. Um, but in, you know, on Saturday in Quali, he made a mistake and that mistake took him away from a potential front row start, at least. Mm-hmm. He said it himself. He's like, I made a mistake. So I think he could have had a bit of a better result. I still think he falls back, but let's say they wouldn't have been inclined to pit it as early as they did if he was up there with the McLarens and Max, just even just battling them for like three or four laps, just slowing the pace down completely. Yeah, I think it was sector three. Very lost time under this. By the way, follow Formula Day Analysis on Twitter. That guy, or he or she, they know their stuff because, yeah, I always look at their data and it really does come in handy, especially when you're analysing. But yeah, they said that um, in Sector 3, he lost out a lot of time to Norris and, and Max there. Kwame, let's quickly talk about science because he benefited actually from the safety car. For I whacked him on hards and. Yeah, I think it was one lap he decided to scrap. I don't know. I think it was with Alonso, and then he just ended up losing like four places in the space of two laps. What's what's going on there? So yeah, so there was one fire driver that if you had to get into fire driver this weekend, um, like Chris said, it, w- it wouldn't be the club, but it, it would be um, Carlos Sainz instead. Um, similarish issue in a sense with uh, Leclerc. Um, I mean, the strategy that happened, but also they were just low. Um, but he had a lot of their main issue was obviously they paired early, they dropped back, rest of the world stayed out, gained on that. So that's to climb up the field. Uh, when you have to climb up the field, that's when you just his 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 on hearts, he was on hearts, yeah. It's what the thing that kicked in, okay, <laughs> yeah. Like they should just uh, gambled and whacked him on soft. I'm sure he no, had no. his pair of soft. No, soft so what happened is he pitted before the safety car, and then the safety car came out. So they pit Charles, but they didn't pit him because him and yes. his engineer were going, Shall we pit? Nah, yeah, nah, yeah. We'll come out P10 if we pit. He ended up P10 anyway, so yeah, it didn't make a difference. But it's just one of those <sighs> things where 
last year the safety car gave him life. Today it, it killed him. So and it's one thing where he got he got absolutely munched on by um Perez, Albon, and then Leclerc. Leclerc. Yeah, didn't he battle Russell as well? He didn't help him that the other guys behind him had faster pace as well. Dana just, just overtook him. Um, and he just, just yeah, ran down. A bit. Like, it wasn't his fault that, yeah, because people say it's off back. It wasn't his fault that he was going to overtake him by that pack. He was much faster than All right, let's, let's come back to Lewis, the man who 14th podium at Silverstone. That's heritage there. That is heritage right there. He ended up, I think it was like P9 or something during the first lap. You know, got his got his fair share of Lady Luck. Played it right, made the right overtakes. Another podium. Talk to me, Lawrence. Uh, I mean, even if you, if when I had eventually updates, so you'll see. It's the first first race where all my predictions slapped every single one. And the, the one that did it... Um, because usually I let my other half pick pick the predictions. Um, mm-hmm. The one that did it was I put Lewis P3. Um, he ain't going to let you down at Silverstone. I, it, the start was terrible, to be fair. I mean, that was, yeah. Easy. Terrible, yeah. I, I don't really quite, I'm not really quite sure what happened. And it, I think everyone focused so much on Lando that that, that got lost. Um, but he definitely responded to the crowd a lot, um, especially after the safety car. Um, which for once, obviously, he got to benefit because George usually is the one who benefits from that. And George obviously came on the radio, started crying about Lewis mm-hmm. benefiting from the safety car. But he did what he needed to do. I don't think it was anything spectacular. It wasn't one, you know, like one of those drives that I think Lewis will be remembered for at Silverstone. But it was just inevitable, um, you know. And I think he's just here, the ex- isn't it? The, the experience just showed, and mm. you know, he, he, and I think. Probably the most impressive part was actually when he, he got past um, Alonso, I think it was, which obviously everybody loved that. We loved a bit of that. Um, and then he, as he gained up on science, I think that was what impressive because every lap you could, you could just see him taking chunks out. Um, and, the, and the crowd responded more and more after every lap seeing that he was closing up on him. Um, I think part of the, it's funny because I think every, you know, Everybody at, at Silverton loved Lewis, no matter what. Even even some of the Dutch fans were loving him. That was that was the most bizarre really? thing. Yeah, even some of them were, were were cheering for him when obviously he was when he was coming up to Lando. Um, the bit I think it was was it was a weird experience. Was that I think every, because Lewis has been there, done it. He's been on the podium yeah, fourteen times. He's been on it ten times in a row at Silverstone as well. Um, I think since twenty thirteen. I think was the last one he wasn't on. Um, it was almost like they, they didn't want him to get Lando, but at the same time, it, it was a bit of confliction. Like people were really not sure what, what they wanted, whether they wanted Lewis second, Lando third. Um, but it was just inevitable. It was, it was, it was I think the way he celebrated after as well was really quite classy. He he made it about about Lando, which I think it was only right because he's been there, he's done, it, he's won it eight times. So, um. It'd be really nice, I think, next year for him to get a win, though. It'd be a shame if he doesn't get one more, at least, for equals time, whenever that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but really, really clean performance. Did he get the loudest cheer? No, he didn't. L- Lando actually did. Um, so across the whole was, weekend, was it Lando's poll time? Land, it was, it was, it was Land, 
No, the the first lap, Lando's first lap, okay. is what got the for the first five laps. Um, but I think as it's funny because what what you're seeing obviously with a lot of the younger fans that are there now, they are more geared to Lando than than Lewis. Lewis has got a lot of the older heads. Um, a lot of us who've been watching it for twenty years, but a lot of the younger fans, they're all Lando fans. Now, every single one is Lando fan. They 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 love Lewis, but it's not the same. So Lewis was getting. You know, in the middle of the race, there was periods where he wasn't really getting much love uh, at all. I think just before the safety car came out. Um, but to be fair, the race needed needed to, needed the safety car at that point. It came at the perfect mm-hmm. time for him. Um, yeah, but Lando gets or got most love. Nice, nice. I I could run a Lando agenda, but I'm not going to run it yet. I think I'll just just let it happen. Just let it happen. You know, he can have his moment. He can have his time. How many points has he got? No, no, I just want to know. And and it's speaking. There's no no, no. common sense to all. It's just five. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. How many times has he been on the podium and not got a win? How many points has he got without a win? But we'll pick it up in due course. We'll pick it up. You know what? We'll pick it up one day with McLaren. I look at this car, but yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll pick it up one day with him. As someone who's invested small amounts of money in Lando for political reasons, I cannot believe this take from Manic. I'm not, I'm not standing for this. It's just simmering. It's just simmering. Just like the Senna agenda as well. They're both just simmering. No, I had to, no, I had to please, put them on the please, side. Please. I've had to put them on the side. Please. They'll come back to the boil don't, soon. Don't, don't worry, brother. I'm, I'm moving you with the Senna one. We'll, we'll, we'll get that guy out of here. We'll get. We'll discuss that. Trust me, we'll discuss that. Um, all right. Let's talk about Red Bull. I guess we have to at some point, right? Um, Checo. Oh, this guy, I don't know what's going on, man. Q1, uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I just can't sum up what, what the hell is going on. He's got the quickest car and again, he fails to make it through. Chris, talk to me through what's happening. I mean, you don't mind this, do you? This, this works for your agenda, right? Oh, this is fantastic, bro. Like... Is that I get to update every week saying, Oh, when was the last time Chekhov got into Q3, bro? And we're now on five. We're on five in every the fastest Sunday, car. Like, every you know, the ones where Max gets pole position with two temps just at the end of the session, is going, Yeah, I'm done. Like, easy. Like, I'm not asking man to be on pole. And all I'm asking is to go Q3. Like, no recovery drive this week, just normal racing. He can't do it. And there's no excuse because he was the because Albon put five temps on his head in Q1. Shocker! I, I, I just, I just can't qualify. I think he's just recovery drive. That's it. He's just recovery drive. Look, there's a reason why Danny Rick is in that um, Alpha Tari seat right now. Yeah, like people like. It got to a point where, you know, normally, yeah, at the beginning, Horner was kind of defending man, like, you know, trying to coddle man. Now they're both just there, like, yeah, you got to sort it out, like. And... Bro, I was reading today, yeah. Perez turned around and said, I know where the problem is. What, you realise now? You know, it's you're... him, he's the problem. <laughs> exactly. He's, <laughs> he's literally on the F1 website, yeah. I know where the problem is. And he, is, he says he has no doubts that he can turn around this season. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. In that he's, car, making that, he's making that sound like such a big deal, bro. Like, it shouldn't even... Even a, a 
terrible lap should get at least into Q2 in that car. There's n- mate. There's nothing to turn around though. You're not beating yeah. Max Verstappen. You just dare to be, you know, BP2. Like, you just need to just do the bare minimum. Like, he's but, not doing the bare minimum. But uh, the thing is, I, I don't know, is because, like, if you look at his race pace, isn't it? The, the, the pace is set in, 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 in race will get him, in theory, should get him to Q, Q, Q3. So, I, I, I don't know if there's pressure. Or, but again, his, his qualifying's always been poor. Like, heck, even Stroll, I qualified him when there were times in a uh, racing point. Master Stroll got uh, a pole position before he did. And you know, Stroll's quality is a bit. For Gazi on his day, yeah, cool, but on his off day, which happens a lot, it's not there. Max's quality work we talked about for on his pod, okay, cool, it's Max, cool, we get it, but even his quality work was it's not his strong point, so I, I, I really don't know with Checker. And every day recovery drivers are seeing like, bro, you think you think we're gonna be you know clapping you in the back from getting from what PPP 16 to, to, to P16? No, no, we're not because that's, that's what he's better to do, you're better to be there in, in the beginning. Like, cool, they said there, um, his targeted position was P7. Okay, cool, we got P6. Okay, cool. But you should be hiding that. You should be where Lando is. You should be where Lewis is. You should be there amongst the like, fighting with the West. And as the as the regs, you see, are cooking, the, the, the impact of the second driver is coming more and more and more. As will happen in the field, McLaren get closer, Mercedes get closer, and there'll be a point where he'll be a hindrance to the team. Lawrence, like you can say oh, cool, cool. get one with it, but Adam, but he's going to be hindrance at some point. Let me let, let me come to you, Lawrence, quickly. The, the the car's quick, yeah, but let's let's imagine ourselves as a racing driver. Let's put your racing helmet on. What's like the psychology between like being fast across a race and being fast across one lap? Like, is it just a mental thing there that that's that's yeah. happening here yeah. with Checo? It's just yeah, mental. I, it, it, I mean, because of the cars are in Park Fermi, so they're not that different from race day to quality. Um, they're the same car, bar the front wing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all it's all mentality. I mean, ultimately as well, when you've <laughs> you bottled the last three or four, the reality is you're already on the back foot. He knows mm-hmm. that, you know. And yes, also in the race there is no pressure because. It's a long run. You're not you're not at 110. percent You're not right on the limit. He can drive under the limit, manage the tires like he's good at doing, and he will make places literally by just keeping the car on the track. Whereas in quality, obviously, it comes down to the very minute differences. And you've got a situation now where Williams can get through. Basically, everyone bar the two Alpha cars can't get through. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he, you know, it's it's like stumbling blocks, just like a domino effect. One it had the first one then the second one, then the third one, and it's, I'm in a rut now. So he's overdriving the car. As soon as you overdrive any car, no matter if it's an F1 car or a car or whatever, you're finished. Um, you've got to be really in the flow of things. And I think that's 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 it. And also, if for someone who's not good at qualifying, you can't overdrive because you're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes. And obviously in quality, it's one and done, especially in the final final run of Q1 as well. It is, and with the conditions the way they were, it was a one and done, and that's it. Is in a, in a race where you've got fifty odd laps. So so if you if you make a mistake, you drop a couple of attempts here, you can gain it back. In quality, you can't. So what was it? What was it like at the track? Were they expecting it? Yes. They're used to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Oh, honestly, it, once because the conditions were quite mixed, right? So it rained. It rained just before quali really heavily, mm-hmm. and as soon as it was mixed conditions, we knew one Charles would struggle, which he actually did because he actually he spun in FP three as well. He struggled at the start of Q one. As soon as it was mixed mixed conditions, I mean, yeah, yeah we knew Perez was in a bit of bother, and obviously, as soon as him and Al- Albon went out together. You can see Albon was setting at the time. Um, I think it was. It was. I think he did a purple sector one and two. Mm-hmm. Checo was literally putting up yellows. Um, yeah, everyone knew that. that I think it. it's worth qualifying. Like just quickly, like wasn't it drying at that point? So at the end of the of Q1 stint, it was pretty much dry anyways. Yeah, so there was, there was a, a really dry line, but um, that was. <laughs> The thing is, well, it's really you don't appreciate the wind at Silverstone. The wind is crazy there. So even though the, the track is drying, in the wind as well, you've got to be super confident, obviously, on, on your one lap. And it didn't it didn't ever look like he was that confident, to be honest. Um, and the thing is, in those in those cars now, you can really you can really understand confidence um, in terms of especially how late they're braking as well. Um, mm-hmm. It just it just it, it it looks very like pedestrian from him. You can't do that in quality, obviously. You've got to be right on the edge. So it was expected. It's mad because you look across the carriage, and I've been saying this since the end of last year. Max is bored. He is bored out of his brains. He needs some action. Even in Bahrain, he, I think something happened with the radio. They told him, like, just chill out. In Australia, he was deliberately going off. Uh, in the last race, he was pitting for fastest lap. Even even this weekend, I'm telling you, he, he took his front wing off in qualifying on purpose. The guy is bored. He is bored. And he himself even said, I can win this constructors on my own. I think that just really just puts into perspective. You know what? Like, Checo, that time's up, mate. Um and we might as well talk about the news that happened today because it kind of does link in with whatever hap- whatever is happening at Red Bull. Danny Rick is back. He's replaced Nick DeVries. Kwame, you said it first. When was it? Was it October 2022? Some, some point last year when he was first linked to, 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 this, to this drive. I, I just knew he, he wasn't cut for it, but hey. So, so, so what do you think about Danny Rick coming back then? Um, it was low-key expected, so um, he's been doing some tests in the simulator. Um, according to um, Christian Horner and Hal Marco, apparently he found his mojo back, apparently he has a remontada. He also did, in the British Grand Prix, he was doing tests with Pirelli as well. And uh, apparently he was, uh, that time, looking good as well. So, according to the man, Red Bull essentially, according to Hal Marco and Horner, apparently he found his groove back again. He's up for it, and um, mm. Nick DeVries has been underperforming um, compared to where they expected to be. Hell, Marco was saying that he should, he, he should be running the team, which I, I found very odd and bizarre at the time, and I still do now. He should um, be running the team, leader, or number probably. one, so, number leading one. So the same way, the so same way, um, Gunter Steiner was was saying that um, Hogberg should be leading the team, um, mm-hmm. even though he truly should be KMX, KMX being longer. Same type of politics that comes in, you know. They bring in this experienced driver, and they will say that yo, he should be leading the team to get the young guy, the rookie, or the person who has been performing up in it. Um, but yeah, all this to say that yeah, he hasn't been performing. Uh, majority of the times in, in the grid, he's been off his teammate Yuki. Um, yes, you can say he's having a poor car, but he's been 
far below standards. And it's been this is like a test year in a sense where cool Perez has gone over in his contract to 2024, but we all kind of know that this year, you know, his time's kind of up. You know, you know, Webber can definitely top contracts quite easily. Um, they've got a lot of guys coming in the academy, they've got um Lawson, they've got Rasa, both cooking and uh, super former F2 respect- respectively. Um, Yuki's now three years in and Avatari at this point is even make or break, they're going to cut him or move him up. So it makes sense from that point of view where they kind of did Yuki compared to NVT, he was going to get a to fit in. NDV didn't, didn't cut it. Danny Rick's apparently having the moment Tardar, he knows the team. Let's bring him back for the rest of the season and see how he compares with Yuki and then go from there. Yeah, perfectly put. Um, Chris, sum up NDV. The guy is 28. He's older than me. He's a big man. You know when people talk about, oh, he's a rookie, and he's training experience. This guy's a Formula E world champion. You know, he's been around. He's been testing all these Formula One cars last year. They have him. They had him in total. Had him in every race suit, brother. Williams, Aston Martin, Mercedes. Had him in every race suit. So, I'm just there. Like you're a big man, 28 years old. You're hired not only to be like to set the benchmark for Yuki to beat, but also to lead the team, the way you speak about the car and the team. And he's failed on every objective they've given him. And like last year, he was talking about, oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'll lead the team. Yada, da, 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 da. Bruv, he's just been waffling and been rubbish, bruv. Just terrorizing K-Mag. Like, that, that's all he, that, that's, that's the only time you see him. That's literally what he does. That is literally what he does. Like, if you ask someone, race. you ask people, yeah, oh, you know, when you look, talk about the three rookies, you say, oh, Oscar, you've seen some good races, some good qualifiers there. Logan Sargent, you can sit there and go, oh, in Bahrain, you looked all right, and Silverstone, P11, you know, improvement. You ask them, what's one good Nick the Reasonable performance in 2023? They'll be stuttering like they're pressing the DJ button in music class, bruv. Like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> bruv, he's been rubbish. Rubbish. Um, Lawrence, quickly, um, <laughs> is Danny Rick gonna dunk on Yuki uh, or not? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I'm. I'm. I can't be bothered to see this guy back. Um, but I hope not. But I think he will. Um, you think so? Yeah, I think. Why is that? I think. I think just, I think he's he's had he's had this he's had six seven eight months to to mope around get over what happened with McLaren. Um, when he's happy, he's quick. Um, there's no pressure. I don't think there's actually any pressure on him because if it doesn't work, he's just going to end up in the same situation was two weeks ago. He's just going to be obviously a reserve driver for Red Bull. Um, and I think he's got a long term plan. He's got a long term plan which he stated quite clearly is to obviously get back to Red Bull and I think Red Bull now are probably quite keen on it so I think he'll he'll really put shift in um, and yeah I, I, th- I, th- I just think he's, he is naturally I think he's quicker than, than Yuki is um, and, he's got, and he's got something to fight for now whereas McLaren it was like a lost cause um, mm. I, I, and I think I've, Chris made a good point as well I, sorry Kwame made a good point with, with Yuki and I don't really know what the next step is. I don't really see that there is a next step. So a driver is something to fight for is in terms of someone that's just stable. 
they're going to be quicker nine times out of ten. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I speak on behalf of everyone at Red Bull that um, Danny Rick's ahead of you <laughs> in all this. So, I mean, <laughs> there's no chance Yuki's getting a second seat. Uh, I just thought I'd put it out there. Um, anyway, let's get well, on well, one, to. Well, one, one thing, one thing about Danny Rick and Yuki. I know Kwame's sitting there sweating, yeah, for his Yuki coin. Because if Danny Rick comes back and smokes <laughs> Yuki, we're putting Nick DeVries in the Mazapin slash the Teefy category of guys who are just terrible, so you just stat pad against them. And then every real test, he's failed. So Lando stock and Oscar stock goes up because them men are cooking in McLarens and they cooked and, he, and Lando cooked Danny Rick. So this is the real test of the Yuki stock, yeah? This is your litmus test, bro. Before you become like the Northern Rock, bro, when a crash, so then it's here to crash the stock, bro. But this is why I love Chris. That's what he's here for. This, this is why I love Chris. He plans these agendas ahead in advance. Every eventuality, he's still a winner. I love it. Um, let's talk about the winners and losers. Kwame, who's the big? If you had to pick one big winner from this weekend, who would it be? Uh, McLaren, McLaren, yeah, yeah, just both of them. Um, obviously, Lando more than Piastri. I'm lucky for Piastri. Um, I don't think we, we touched him too much, but he got hit by the um safety car, and yeah, that kind of he pit before and that kind of screwed him over. Other than that, he'd probably been on for a podium potentially as well for P3. But yeah, that car, yeah, heaps and he's in bounds ahead of where they were earlier this year. I don't think anyone's better them to be again up there. Again, Lando was up there fighting for a win at one point. So, yeah, I give it. And they all, both had composed drives as well. No um, bows moments. Even the moments where people can say, oh, they should push harder. They knew their position. They knew their role. They were happy with their points. And they just stuck with their race and they ran with it. And that led to them to be where they were, P2 and P4. So, yeah, both yeah. of them. Lovely stuff. I know, Lawrence, you, you're probably going to say McLaren as well. But I suppose there's an honourable mention for Mr. Alex Albon, right? That's 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 exactly where I'm going. Well, I knew it. I lost my voice. I in the stand, right? I was literally the only one screaming at for this guy in my whole stand. Uh, when he was obviously fighting with um Checo and uh, I think it was Charles. Charles I think. Um, yeah. mate, I saw that in the flesh. I took that. The other winner, I'd say, um, I'll go on a different different tangent. Actually, just the sport in general. Um. You hear all these, mm-hmm. you know, you hear a lot of uh, negativity about um, the state of the sport and the, f- the fandom and all of that. But then you go to the race and literally it's like in a different world. I, like, it was so nice to not see any Twitter commentary, um, any of some of the nonsense they show on Sky F1. To, you know, the, the sport is healthy. Like, there's, there's a reason why that attendance was a record attendance. Um, you had all different types of people there um you know no no difficulties like you go to spa you go to zanvor and it's like austrian there's like racist um abuse out there and sexual abuse and stuff like that um so to me it's just the big winners the sport is in a in a nice place despite the fact that there's max dominance but f1 is always got someone that's dominant it doesn't change um and a lot of new fans have come in and tried I think tried to engineer the sport in something different when in reality it's still what it's been for the last four years and it's really healthy so it's really good to see um so I'd say the sport is generally the the winner we're, we're, we're good 
we're we're going to be all right. Who's, let me ask you a question. Who who's the who's the one person you saw that you were not expecting to see? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> we um, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that was an interest actually. I mean that that was just I didn't know he was part of the film. The, the, the film obviously I knew Brad Pitt was there. Um, that was strange. Like, um, yeah. see him there, but also on. <laughs> On the on the on the main stage there, they had um, the guys from um, Matt and Tommy, obviously from P One. They had um, other other mm-hmm. podcasts. Hopefully, obviously next time I might be one day. Yeah, one day. Um, one day just to see that. Give so TikTok, you know, give us tickets, Brian. Yeah, stop. The messages on we're waiting for that. We're well, we the main but well, that main stage is calling calling for us. Don't worry. Um, I think that was yeah, that was strange because. You just see you. Obviously, you, you may have watched them time, time, and then they're just up there with thirty thousand people. Um, mm-hmm. It's just yeah, that yeah. was that was really bizarre to see. Crazy, Chris winner. Um, it has to be. You know what, Lewis Hamilton, yeah, because he went out there and said, "I'm doing safety car and God willing and God provided, bruv. So lovely that's, that's stuff. A winner, that's like. He took, he took he saw what George was doing and said, Give me that, bro. You know, you know your little brother yeah. has something and you say, hey, like, no, I'm taking that. That's what he did, bro. He just yanked yeah, yeah. that from George said, Yeah, that safety yeah. car strategy, I'm taking that. Taking that. <laughs> um let me stick with you, Chris. Um loser, biggest loser, team, driver. Anything. Um... You know what, the reason because the man, yeah, Alpha Tari turned down his engine, yeah, and said he had an issue, bruv. They lied to him, bruv. <laughs> they, they, they said, you're fucking you already. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we can't be bothered anymore, bruv. Because he was on the, he was on the radio saying, like, oh, we have an issue. They said, we'll explain later, we'll explain later. Then he in, does the interview and says, I still don't know what the issue was. They didn't tell me, da, 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 da. And now we know they've had it in his P45. So, yeah, he's, the, he's the biggest loser. You going to agree with that, Kwame? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm giving to to the freeze all day. Um, he didn't make a whole season. Listen, I, I, hey, he didn't make a whole season, and people were saying that you know he, he's gonna get double seat. People tell me that you know, hey, he's gonna play, he's gonna do Yuki. Hey, listen, I'm my boy's still here. My boy's still here. You know, I, I know the test is down the road. I get it, but my boy's still here. The mm-hmm. coin is still alive at this point. Well, we'll we'll see about that coin. We'll see about that coin coming into the season, man. I don't have. Nick DeVee's prop, by the way. I just have a Yuki agenda. Yeah, okay. for no impression nothing... about Anyone else, I, I don't know for them, I'll be honest. I, I don't know who's going to be prop. We'll see. Um, anyway, Lawrence, final question. Who was the biggest loser this weekend? The one that's got not got a job anymore. Ah, oh, simple. Nick DeVee. The one that's yeah. applying for universal credit tomorrow. He's going to be there. <laughs> Hey, job that, that. Job center plus, isn't that? So, what so, 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 so we're we saying, the only points he got was last year in the Williams, yeah? At Monza. Damn. Yeah, that was by default. Man didn't do any, he didn't do any of the taken. Bro, two guys above him got got penalties that led to him get to, he got P11. Two, two, two penalties, P9, sat pad, and just drove. I'm telling you, Albon would have at least got P6. At least, mm-hmm. it wins in that straight line speed. 
anyway, man, on that bombshell, I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Um, we'll be back next week with another pod. If you haven't already, please make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, where else are we? YouTube. Oh, my God, I forgot to plug the um, podcast. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you haven't already, also make sure. now as well. On threads, everything. We're everywhere. Are you looking after that as well, Chris? Um, well, someone else made their account. I think I just tweeted the YouTube live link yeah. on it. But... Yeah. Yeah. Threads as well. Um, so, yeah, if you haven't already, please make sure you leave us a five star rating on Apple as well as a five star rating on Spotify as well. Um, keep following us. Keep 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 throwing in your crazy tweets. We'll still we'll still keep coming with the good content, the analysis, a few agendas here and there. So yeah, big up to everyone for listening and yeah, peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.